Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Welcome back to another episode of Salt and Light Ministry where we correct genetically altered Christianity and replace it with a firm foundation for a relationship with Christ, empowering disciples to disciple. Now, so far, we've gone through the Foundation Series and the Toolbox Series. All of that was to help you understand that you need a firm foundation for your relationship to actually prosper with God, and also understanding what tools that God gave you so that you can have a great relationship with Him because you're going to use all the same tools in your toolbox to make decisions in your personal life that's going to affect your spiritual life and relationship with Him. And in the very first couple of episodes we went through in the Foundation Series, we talked about the basics, which is you reading the Scriptures and prayer. That's the conversation between you and God. Scripture's His part, prayer's your part. And we're going to actually walk that out in this season of ministry. This week, we're going to start just going through the Bible and letting the Bible tell us what we need to hear, because God knows best. God knows better than you. God knows better than me. God knows better than anybody we could ever talk to about what we need. So as I was considering which book of the Bible we were actually going to start in, Matthew just kept popping up to me. So I said, okay, the first book of the New Testament, that's where we're going to start. Matthew 1.1. And we're going to go through this in a methodical way where we read scripture, we make observations, and we allow the Holy Spirit to tell us how this scripture could be applied to our daily walk. And then we're going to pray about it and ask God to help us in our daily walk. That's the basics. And that's also got a great anagram called the SOAP method. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And one of my mentors in ministry As I heard him talking about the SOAP method, one thing that he said kind of stood out. He said, if you go two or three scriptures and the Holy Spirit's not revealing anything to you, then you need to go back and reread those scriptures because there's something in there that you need. Period. That's just the way the Bible works. It's a living book. And it can apply to where you're at, whenever you're at, wherever you're at. So as I started preparing for this message... I wasn't even able to get past Matthew 1.1. And that might blow some of you away if you've ever read the book of Matthew. Because Matthew chapter 1, or at least part of Matthew chapter 1, is an area I kind of steered cleared of because I didn't really see the relevance to my life. And you might understand after I read Matthew 1.1. So let's go straight into the Bible and check out the scripture we're going to be talking about today. Scripture, Matthew 1.1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The son of David the son of Abraham. Stop. That's the scripture we're going to be looking at today. Now, you might be asking yourself the same question that I asked myself. What in the world could this possibly have to do with my life? How could this possibly apply to the choices that I have to make in every day, especially when it comes to relationships? Let's go into some observations of this scripture. 
I'll read it again for you, Matthew 1.1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Well, the first observation I made in this scripture is there's three names mentioned. Jesus Christ, David, and Abraham. The second observation I made was this word genealogy. So I went back into the Greek to find out what genealogy was in Greek. And in the Greek, it's the word Genesis. That's right. Genesis. And the meaning of Genesis is origin. So just like every superhero movie you've ever seen, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Iron Man, Hulk, it really doesn't matter. They all have an origin story. So what this verse is telling me is that we are about to see the origin story of Jesus Christ. That's interesting. The origins of Jesus. Let's go into the third observation I made before we go any further. The third observation was that the three names I talked about, Jesus Christ, David, and Abraham, they're mentioned in reverse order from when they actually lived on earth. Jesus Christ is mentioned first here. David is mentioned second, and Abraham is mentioned third. Which begs the question, what's the relevance there? Because God is an intentional God. When he says something, he says it in a way that he means to say it. It just doesn't come out of his mouth. So those are the three observations I made. There's three names mentioned. Jesus Christ, David, Abraham, the word genealogy in the Greek, Genesis, meaning origin. And the three names are in reverse order from when they lived here on earth. So we've gone through our scripture, we made the observations. Now, that question that popped into my mind that I have a feeling might have popped into yours. How in the world is this scripture supposed to apply to me and my life now? And as I was praying about this, the Holy Spirit kind of brought up the fact that I am very much a superhero kind of guy. I love superheroes. Iron Man, Hulk, Thor. Captain America, that's my boy. I got into all the Marvel movies. I love every single one of them. And one of the things I love the most about these superheroes is I can get behind them. You know, I really start to like certain superheroes more than other superheroes because of their origin story. Because I saw what it took to create them to be who they are. But these characters and their origin stories build them up to the morals and the values that they have. Look at Batman. His parents get murdered in front of him. He falls into a cave. All these bats swirl around him. Then he goes off later on and becomes just some martial arts guru Zen master that comes back with a vengeance. Revenge is kind of his motivator, but there's a firm sense of justice in there. Well, it's kind of easy to understand when you see his origin story. He wanted justice for his parents and revenge for the people that killed his parents. And his whole storyline is about balancing those two things out. Revenge and justice. Where's the balance? Iron Man's another example. We're talking about a guy that was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Everything was given to him. He really didn't have to work for anything and he just was blessed with his genius. Goes off to try and sell one of his weapons and gets captured and builds an Iron Man suit to get out of it and realizes that all of his toys are being used for evil. Then he gets a sense of justice wanting to correct it. I kind of think he feels used, like I've been used all these years. I'm going to correct it. All right, well, I can get behind that premise. 
because I understand the origin story of where he came from. You see, you can't understand where somebody's going if you don't know where they came from. Conversely, you can't understand where you're going if you don't know where you came from. That's why the origins of Jesus is so important. Because how can we follow a man who says he's the Son of God if we don't know the origins in which he came from? It makes it pretty difficult to get behind him. And it makes it extremely difficult to have a relationship with him. You see, you can't fully accept someone's leadership if you don't know their background. Origin story of Jesus is that important. A person's origin is important, especially if you're going to have a relationship with them. Let's build on top of that. Yes, what's going to follow here in Matthew chapter 1 is going to be the origin story of Christ, and God is actually taking the time to let us know Jesus' origin story because God wants us to have a relationship with Him. But one thing to remember is everything else in your life has an origin as well. Every decision, every choice, every situation you find yourself in has its own origin. And in the same way that God is giving us the opportunity to slow down and check out the origin story of Jesus, we need to slow down and get to know the origin story of our situation and any choice that we're faced with. It's another example of God never asks us to do anything that He hasn't already done. Reflection breeds clarity. That type of reflection of slowing down and finding the origin of a situation is what gives us clarity to be able to respond. Clarity allows response, but staying blind allows reaction. And a reaction is not thought out. Response is. So let's look at this verse, Matthew 1.1, and I'll read it again. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Let's look at this verse as a formula. Because that's what I see here. First, slow down. Because God slowed down in order to give you a list of names that you can research to learn about the origin of Jesus. So you slow down, you reflect, and a reflection starts with the most current point. Because if you're looking at a reflection, you're looking at the closest image to where you're currently at. Which is why I believe God flipped the names around in the scripture. Because Abraham lived on earth first. David lived on earth second. Jesus Christ lived on earth third. But God flips the names to say, hey, look back and reflect. Who's the closest point to where you're at now? Jesus Christ is. Then David. Then Abraham. Jesus is the most recent. David is the middle. And Abraham is the origin. So slow down, reflect, and find the origin. One of the most vivid examples of this comes out of my own personal life. I was married for eight years, and then my wife at the time chose to leave. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of everything because uh, you don't need to know that. But I will say that after she left, I was furious. I was fuming. I was angry. And there's a lot of things I could have done with that anger. And if I had acted on any of that, that would have been allowing that anger to fester and get worse and worse and become a bitterness 
towards my ex-wife. What's important is I knew just enough about God's Word to allow myself to slow down and work backwards, trying to figure out and find out what went wrong. Because I had the same questions that anybody has in a breakup, right? What's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? What went wrong in the relationship? And it's easy in those situations to look at the other person and call out every single flaw that they have. And it's probably easy to hear what I'm saying and think that I'm trying to tell you to find the origin of their issue. I want to be clear here. I'm not telling you to find the origin of the issue of somebody else. Jesus said before you try to get the speck out of your neighbor's eye, get the log out of your own. I'm telling you to look at your origin story and see where you did something wrong that could have caused this situation or this choice come up right now. That's what I had to do. Instead of turning and blaming her for everything, I knew enough of God's word to slow down and reflect on myself first. And I was able to trace the issue all the way back to its origin. You know what I found? And I found out that I was a really big part of that problem. That way early on in the relationship, I had sown seeds that were an issue. And the situation I found myself in was just me harvesting what I planted. Now, does that excuse the actions of my ex? No. That doesn't excuse any actions that she took. She chose to make those actions. But her actions were just a symptom of the disease I created. And that disease was a disease of me not being the man of the house like God instructed me to be. Just look back in God's Word. He's clear to a man's role. As a man of the house, we are supposed to treat our wives the way Christ treated the church. And how does Christ treat the church? Well, He loves the church. He does. He gave up everything for the church. He gave up His will and His choices and what He wanted for the church. And He's always there for His church. I might as well say He's always there for His bride. That's the analogy He uses. And I wasn't. You see, I had taken my eyes off of my ex-wife and put my eyes on money, thinking that that would make her happy. Money's not where it's at. The old adage, money can't buy happiness, that's true. But it can sure as heck make you comfortable in misery. You see, when I shrugged off my responsibility as the leader of the home, I allowed that virus into my marriage. And her leaving, that was just a symptom. Understanding the origin of the situation allowed me to accept my part in the failure of my marriage. That acceptance tremendously diminished the fire of anger that I had towards my ex. And today, today we actually talk like we did back when we were just friends. Well, maybe not quite like that, but we can hold a conversation without yelling at each other. And that just didn't happen while we were married. Now, did that process of tracing back the origin get rid of all the anger? Absolutely not. Did it allow me to fully trust her again? No. 
did it bring me to a place where I could forgive her? Yes. And forgiveness is the opposite of bitterness. Because I'm not holding on to it anymore. Now for God, forgiveness is forgetting. He separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. I am not God, so I don't forget. And if you have the ability to forget, please put out a tutorial so I can study up on it. I'd love to learn how. But as far as I'm aware, humans do not have the ability to forget. So remember, forgiveness does not mean forgetting. But forgiveness does mean the end to bitterness. Because you can still want good things to happen to the person you forgave. It is possible. So let's reflect on how one scripture can apply to your daily life. And mine. I mean, I'm teaching to myself just as much as I am teaching to you guys. Out of the scripture, the Holy Spirit is telling each and every one of us, slow down. Instead of just getting angry, use that emotion and reflect back on where it came from. Hold on to its power cord and trace it back to the source. Find that origin. Use your most recent memory and work backwards. That's what Matthew 1.1 is saying to us today. Now I'm going to pray for everybody that's listening and for myself all at the same time. I invite you to join in, but if you're doing something that requires you to pay attention to what you're doing, please continue paying attention to what you're doing. Especially if that something involves power tools, anything sharp, or driving. But let's pray right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for helping us to be imitators of you. You told us back in Ephesians 5.1, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Lord, I ask that you continue to help us to be your children and not your adults. You also said, come to you like a child. And a child just believes in their father. Thank you for revealing the importance of the origin story. I'm asking you to help me slow down and reflect on choices that I have to make. Help me to slow down in every situation that I come to and every crossroads decision that there is. Help me reflect back to see where that situation came from to see if I can do anything different in the future. Lord, I ask you help us to find the origin because if we find that origin, we can give it over to you. We can hand it to you, Lord. We can give that yoke to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus, you also said that for us to cast our burdens onto you and to take on your burden because yours is light. So, Father, continue to help us find the origin of our issues and give them to you. And thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your grace and your love and your protection, especially in this day and age. And all of this help we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This week we went over Matthew 1.1. Next week we're actually going to dig into the origin story of Jesus. So I hope you come back and continue down this journey with me 
as we learn how to stand on God's Word. Let's all stand together, because we're all in this together, right? Remember, I'm a part of your crew, and you're a part of mine. And I'm curious to know if there were any other observations in that scripture. If you have certain observations from that scripture, I would love to hear them. Send me an email at office.saltandlight at gmail.com. Or just leave a comment on Facebook. Also, if you enjoyed this, like it on Facebook. Share it with a friend. Remember, I'm just one man. I can only do so much. But if we come together as a church, we can reach this world for Jesus Christ. I appreciate you guys. And I love you guys. So until next week, be bold, be strong, and be blessed.